text for this morning as Pastor Tig has just read to us the closing verses of the letter to the Colossians. And so we come to the end of Paul's letter to the Colossians and, of course, to our sermon series, Walk with Jesus. Walking, as I reminded you last week, is the simple and yet biomechanically complicated process involving muscles and bones and tendons and eyes and ears and your brain of putting one foot in front of the other. Walking is not running or jumping or somersaulting. You do not have to be an athlete or a gymnast to walk. With some exceptions, of course, walking is the most common daily means of getting from one place to another, of arriving at a desired destination. So it is that daily destination, the top of the hill that we talked about last week that I want to pull out of these verses so that we can set the stage for a new sermon series that begins next week that we will call Awakening Hearts. Now, Epaphras, you may remember, was the pastor. I mean, he's probably the founding pastor of this little congregation in Colossae. And from the references that you heard in today's lesson, also in the nearby cities of Laodicea and Heropolis, all of them in a little 10 to 15 mile triangle closeness to each other. So here is a pastor's prayer. Epaphras's Paul's, your pastors at St. Luke's, a prayer for you, a prayer for ourselves as well, that we would all be able to stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. That's the destination of our walk with Jesus, that we be mature and assured. So let's start with this little word, mature. So I suppose we have a variety of ways that we use this when we see a young person acting in a way that is perhaps not typical of their age. We might say, that was very mature of you. Or when someone deals with a crisis without coming undone, we may see that as maturity. When we reach a certain age, some of us might be preferred to call that mature instead of old. Although I'm reminded of a line that I heard once and has stuck forever in my head, you can only be young once, but you can be immature forever. Now I would like to try for us to think about what this maturity is. And I don't do this to you very often, but it's significant here that in the Bible, the Greek word for mature is talaios. And in its adjective form, it occurs 19 times, and as a verb, 23 more times in the New Testament, and it gets translated primarily with two English words. One is mature, the other is perfect. 
And so in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, Jesus sums up his teaching to how the followers of Jesus are to live in his Sermon on the Mount. He says, be ye therefore perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. And then again in Matthew chapter 19, 21, when he's speaking to a rich young man who had come to him and had asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus had concluded that conversation. If you would be perfect, go sell what you possess, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Yikes. I mean, are we actually saying that to be mature is to be perfect? Then I, my friends, am afraid that I will indeed be immature as long as I live in this fallen world because try as I might, the good that I would, that I do not. And the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. But before you panic... Let me unlock the secret of telios, of of being mature, of being perfect. Because you see, on the cross, Jesus cried out, it is finished. And guess what? The word finished is the root word that is very closely related to our word for mature, teleo, It is Jesus who has finished. It is Jesus who has completed all the work. It is Jesus who is perfect. And then when we walk with him, we are mature. Now listen to how Paul says this in his letter that he wrote to the Philippians. I put it up here so you can follow along. Paul says, not that I've already obtained this or am already You see it? Perfect. But I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I don't consider myself to have, I I do not consider that I have made it on my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now look at 15. Let those of us who are mature think this way. Perfect and mature. Look, through faith in Jesus... That is by believing in him. That is by knowing that he is true God who became true man to live the perfect, mature life that you and I were supposed to to live and then died the death we all deserved to die through faith in Jesus worked by the Holy Spirit even now as you hear me speaking these words. Through faith in Jesus, His perfection, His maturity is now in you. It is yours right now. So that walking with Jesus is what Paul describes here of striving and straining forward to be perfect, to be mature, to try with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength to become 
more and more what you already are through faith in Jesus. Now the challenge is and the question we must ask is can you claim faith in Jesus and settle for being immature for the rest of your life? And the answer to that is simply no. That's what Jesus is talking about in the gospel lesson for today. To receive Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, working faith in you always brings with it the desire, the longing to grow up, to stand mature in Christ. I received a text message as I was writing this sermon from a member that I have known ever since I came here almost 25 years ago, ever since this member was a teenager. And the Holy Spirit has grabbed hold of him recently and taken him in a direction away from immaturity, away from a casual cultural Christianity where I go to church once in a while and I try to be good, relatively speaking, most of the time to becoming what Jesus died to make him, mature. Here's what he wrote. Pastor, here are my notes or interpretations on my walk with Jesus. Walk like him. He came to transform us in a world where everything wants our attention. He is the only one who died for our eternal salvation. We have to stay steadfast. He modeled the life that we should be striving for, praying to live, but can't because of sin. But this doesn't mean that we shouldn't strive and pray to. What are my attitudes that are not productive to this walk? Endurance in this walk. The just, the just shall live by faith. His grace is for our faith so that we can bear fruit. Do not be conformed by the world. Put off all these things and put on Christ. If you exercise that faith, you can live by truth, His truth. Believe that we are that righteous because of his grace and by living in the robe of Jesus. He loves us, but he wants to see us in faith bearing his fruit. Not saying, it's okay, I'm in a sinful world, but I love God, I go to church. He gave us grace to have faith to live more like him as his child. Walk in love. Tone down a harsh word with a kind one. We have the blood of Christ for an eternity of salvation. Our fight should be a fight for our faith. He loves seeing us love and live in his way right now, here in our earthly lives. We have so much to give, so much fruit to bear for others in our lives through family, work, close friends, church, those we see but don't talk to on a daily basis. 
think how they can see Jesus not only through intentional words, but just small changes in how we are living. 35 years, folks, of being a pastor. I've not gotten any messages like that recently. His longing for maturity was music to my ears, and I, and I, and I told him so when I, I texted it back. And then, and then he responded with this, what's been cool to see is that I've found ways just through my actions that have provoked questions at work that have led to some awesome discussions about God, about Jesus, about faith, small steps. And then this, to close out this text message conversation, a screenshot of an open Bible and a text conversation with a coworker that had this message in it. One of my coworkers was flying and ended up bringing his Bible with him, reading something that we had a discussion on. Do you get it? Maturity perfection in Christ. It's thinking about every part of your life in this fallen and broken world from the perspective of the cross and the empty tomb that you are forgiven, that you have new resurrection life right now, and you will be raised bodily from the dead unless Jesus comes back before you die. But either way, to live eternally, body and soul, continuously in the new heaven and the new earth, strain forward to to take hold of what you have been given in Christ. Now, what exactly does that look like? Remember last week when I talked to you about your fringes? Think about your fringes. I confessed mine to you. I'm hypersensitive to criticism. I want everybody to like me all the time. Here's a way for me working on my maturity that has stuck with me. It is a simple little threefold measuring stick applied specifically to me that if it's helpful to you also, you're free to use it. That for me to grow up, for me to be mature, for me to strive for this perfection that is already mine in Christ, this completeness in my walk with Jesus is being able to do these three things more consistently. To receive criticism without being crushed, to give criticism without crushing, and to forgive as you have been forgiven. Receiving criticism without being crushed, that is people being so confident and so secure with who you are in Christ, dearly loved, forgiven, bound for eternity, that you can hear even unfair words of judgment. You can feel left out and rejected and disrespected, but not lose your grip on who you truly are in Christ. Then being able to give genuine, useful critique to others, not to settle a score, 
Not to lift yourself up by tearing someone else down, but because you truly care to see another person become what Jesus died on the cross for them to be. And then when it all goes wrong and you get defensive and you respond in frustration and bitterness and anger, to receive your forgiveness again and turn around and forgive just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Look, such maturity will bring with it a deep sense of being fully assured in all of the will of God. Now think about this. Maturity is the completeness, the perfection that you have in Christ. In other words, it's your personal identity. Assurance, being fully assured, is coming to see and to understand on the basis of that identity the purpose of your life. Identity, then purpose. Here's what I'd like to challenge you with this morning, that every time you hear the phrase, will of God, or God's will, I want you to automatically remember this verse from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, specifically the words that I have underlined. God desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Look at what God's desire. Look at what God wants. Look at what the will of God is. God wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And everything else that God does in your life and in this world falls under that umbrella. Assured of all of the will of God is knowing that your whole life is a part of that work, of God's work, to save all people. Fully assured is the confidence that if God did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, he will also graciously give us all things. It's understanding that the kingdom of God is the world put right, right with God, right with one another, right with the whole world, starting right now through faith in Jesus and then living humbly and boldly in that confidence. Fully assured is the confidence that the kingdom of God that is already present through faith in Jesus and that will be established permanently when he comes again in glory is, in fact, the driving reality behind all human history. God wants all people to be saved, and that's what he's working on through everything that happens in this world and in our lives, even when we can't see it and we surely don't understand it. Fully assured is the certainty that if things are going really, really well for you right now, and I pray that they are, that you're thriving, you're prospering, you're enjoying the blessings of his life. Fully assured is what lets you then pause 
to thank and praise God for who he is and for what he is doing in your life, and then to ask, how can I use the gifts that he has given to me, my life, my skill, my resources, to reveal his kingdom, the world put right to the people around me? And when your life goes into the tank, or if it's there right now, if things are happening that you can't understand and you certainly do not want, fully assured is what allows you to trust that God is always up to something good even when you never see it or fully understand it. Mature and assured is the target of this congregation for each one of you. Next week, we start a new sermon series built around a roadmap that we have drawn for the next 10 years or so of our life together at St. Luke, starting with this mission statement, awakening hearts in every generation to the power of life in Christ. We seek to awaken hearts that they might be mature and fully assured followers of Jesus in every generation discovering and living in the power of his death and his resurrection. God grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now the peace that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in this true faith, the life everlasting. Amen.